Good morning, sons and daughters of God. Welcome as we gather to worship together on this fourth Sunday of Easter. And I welcome you here in this room and to all of you who are worshiping with us online. We are glad that we can be together, not only here, but wherever you are online today. Today is Good Shepherd Sunday. The fourth Sunday of Easter is always Good Shepherd Sunday. And so today we'll hear of Jesus talking about how the Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, for us, and for all the people of the world. And he'll tell us of the power of his sacrificial love. For those of you worshiping at home, we will be celebrating communion today as part of our worship, so we invite you to prepare your bread and cup and join with us in the Lord's Supper at the appropriate time in the service. But again, welcome. Let us take a few moments to prepare ourselves to worship together. Stand as you are able. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Refreshed by the resurrection life we share in Christ, let us give thanks for the gift of baptism. We thank you, risen Christ, for these waters where you make us new leading us from death to life, from tears to joy. We bless you, risen Christ, that your spirit comes to us in the grace-filled waters of rebirth. 
like rains to our thirsting earth, like streams that revive our souls, like cups of cool water shared with strangers. Breathe your peace on your church when we hide in fear. Clothe us with your mercy and forgiveness. Send us as companions on our journey as we share your life. Make us one, risen Christ. Cleanse our hearts. Shower us with life. To you be given all praise with the Holy Spirit in the glory of God now and forever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Yeah. 
pray together. O oh, Lord Christ, good shepherd of the sheep, you seek the lost and guide us into your fold. Feed us and we shall be satisfied. Heal us and we shall be whole. Make us one with you, for you live and reign the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is the 23rd Psalm. The psalmist describes the good shepherd who cares for those in his care. This care includes the goodness and mercy of the shepherd's heart. A reading from the Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you are with me. 
Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from the third chapter of 1 John. Jesus' death on our behalf is the clearest demonstration of divine love. This is the very love we share with others, not just through our words, but especially through our deeds. In, in sharing such love, we fulfill God's commandments. A reading from 1 John. We know by this that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses help? Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this, we will know that we are from the truth and will assure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God and we receive from him whatever we ask because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. All who obey his commandments abide in him, and he abides in them. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit that he has given us. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God.
the gospel according to John. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me, just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I sacrifice my life so that I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. In Jesus' name. By show of hands, I'd like to know how many of you have spent some real quality time with sheep. <laughs> we got one, two. We didn't have any in the first service, so that makes two out of about 80. Uh, well, let's, let's try something else. How many of you are on a first name basis with a real live shepherd? We had one at the first service, so one out of 80. So, you know, when you think about that, all, with our lack of, of relationship with sheep and shepherds, it might make our ability to relate to what Jesus is saying, might make that a little tough. But regardless, today is called Good Shepherd Sunday. It's always the fourth Sunday of Easter, Good Shepherd Sunday. And so this whole imagery of Sheep and shepherding just permeates our worship today. Now, while that imagery might not relate to us too much, we might, we might not really be able to understand all of that. We need to understand that in Jesus' day, the folks would have known exactly what he was talking about. There was a lot of industry uh, around the whole idea of herds and flocks and, and the tenders of those animals. But it's also important for us to know that Jesus wasn't just talking about shepherding sheep. What he was really doing was raising up a long-held image that the Hebrew people had for their kings and their priests and their prophets. Like shepherds, these were the, the ones who were called by God and appointed by God to take care of the flock. 
God's people. But if you know anything at all about the story, you know that throughout the whole history of Israel, there were a lot of them who were just awful, who really didn't care much for God's flock, God's people. They, they lived mostly for themselves and the power that they could amass for themselves. They would mislead and betray the people, even forsaking them to other powers. They were just as prone to destroy as they were to build up. In contrast to that, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. He says that those who came before him were little more than hired hands. He was the one who was devoted, completely devoted to the care and the well-being of God's people. He, he even said in the, in the verse just immediately before our passage today, he said, I came that they, the flock, God's people, I came that they would have life and have it in abundance. And he says that he is willing to lay down his life in order to make that happen. And that's exactly what Jesus did on that first Good Friday, laying down his life for all of God's people, which include, he says, folks who aren't already in the flock, folks of every time and every place. Which also means that what Jesus did 2,000 years ago wasn't all there was to it. Jesus is not done yet. There's still more sheep to be invited and welcomed into the flock. And he's willing to give up his life in order to make sure that happens. But I wonder if we can grasp just how powerful a thing it is to see such sacrificial love. Author Philip Yancey talks about this in his work, Rumors of Another World. And he uses the example of a book called Miracle on the River Kwai by Ernest Gordon. And yes, I'm sure a lot of you immediately think about that movie, Bridge Over the River Kwai. That's where this, that movie was made from, the story. But Gordon goes on to point out that the movie portion was only part of the story. He tells about how these Scottish POWs were forced by their captors to live almost in slavery as they worked to construct a railroad through the jungle. And living in such conditions meant that they were reduced to, to, to barbar barbarism. And they lived almost like animals with each other, all in a, in a struggle to survive. One afternoon, a shovel went missing. And so the whole brigade of soldiers were brought together, POWs were brought together, and the, 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 the officer in charge was enraged 
He demanded that the, that the shovel be found. He wanted to know who took it. And he took out his gun and he said, look, if you don't, if you don't own up to this, I'm going to shoot you all right here and now. And it was obvious he was not bluffing. But they all stood there for the longest time. And the officer got madder and madder until finally one of the POWs stepped forward. The officer put his gun back in his holster and he picked up another shovel and proceeded to beat that POW to death. The survivors picked up the bloody body and carried it with them as they went to another tool shed for yet another tool count. And when they began to count, it was discovered that there had been a miscount the first time, that the shovel wasn't really missing. And so that victim who stepped forward was completely innocent and he had offered his life to save the others. But even that's not all there is to this story. Because the fact that someone would give their life to save them, the other POWs began to change. There was a profound change in the way they, they behaved with each other. One of them said, we wanted to be worthy of his sacrifice. So rather than compete with one another, they began to take care of each other, to see each other as brothers. They began to shepherd one another to use today's imagery. And finally, when the victorious allies came and liberated the POW camp, the Japanese uh, uh, guards were terrified. They thought they were sure that they would be uh, shot on sight and executed. But just when that was about to happen, these former POWs, who now were just barely more than skeletons, stood in front of the, the guards and yelled back, No more hate! No more violence! What we need now is forgiveness. And the Japanese guards just crumbled and began to weep. The death of that anonymous prisoner who laid down his life as a sacrifice transformed those POWs from, being, from living, just trying to survive as individuals, transformed them into a community that cared for one another. And not only that, what he did also transformed the way they looked at their captors no longer seeing them merely as enemies, but also seeing them as lost sheep. Again, to use today's metaphor, sheep that were not part of the flock. And they were willing to forgive them. Sacrificial giving is powerful. And if Jesus is not done yet, if he is still calling others to come and join in his community as part of his flock, then he is in, he's inviting us to be those who reach out and offer that renewing love to others, to join him 
in his search for those other sheep. We heard it so clearly in that letter to 1 John. It says, We know love by this, that Christ laid down his life for us. And if that was done for us, then we should be willing to do it for others. But what does that mean? What might it mean for us to lay down our life for another? The truth is, we may never be called to lay down our physical life for another, although that could happen, just like it did last week when Jessica Lee Embry rushed out as a citizen to assist in the rescue of two children caught in riptides down at Curie Beach. Embry was the orchestra teacher at Ashley High School, and she was someone who never would have hesitated to rush to the aid of children in, in need because, as her principal says, she was someone who approached every day to, as a challenge to be a better person and to help more people in the process. Maybe that's the first step to challenge ourselves every day to be better and help others. Jesus gave his life to show the power of sacrificial love. And now he empowers us to offer the world a different message, a different way of life than all of the hired hands that, that, that give, give a different message altogether. You know, the hired hands of the world want us to follow them too. But the life they offer isn't abundant. Ultimately, it's thin and cheap and fragile and unsafe. And they're ready to abandon us anytime that, that we don't follow in their path or when things begin to get tough. And so maybe the first part of the challenge is to consider which voice do we listen to the most? The voice of those hired hands or the voice of our good shepherd, Jesus? When the hired hands tell us that we should put our own wants and desires and needs first, sacrificial love empowers us to set them aside at least long enough to see the needs of others and to offer aid whenever we can, to offer life whenever we can. Laying down our life for one another means that we live in community with one another and not just for ourselves. We work through all the hard times that it takes to, to, to be together even when we disagree with one another. Not taking our ball and going home just because somebody doesn't think like we think or vote like we vote or act like we act. And we know that can be challenging. But it is also the power of sacrificial love. 
today, Jesus invites us to reflect on the sacrifice of his love for us. He gave of himself to create a new way of life, a new flock, a new community. We call it church. And in this new flock, we are given the power of new life, the power of his love. And in this family of faith that we call reconciliation, we are given that opportunity to share that love with one another and know its transforming power. And once we've experienced it for ourselves, then we are invited to share it. However imperfectly, to share it with those around us so that more and more people can become part of God's flock, God's people. Please pray with me. Lord, our shepherd, today we celebrate your laying down your life for us and your resurrection. It is in rising that you changed everything. We celebrate that resurrection power whenever we offer ourselves to those around us, your sheep who are already in the fold and those who aren't. Lord, there are people all around us who need what we have. Give us your transforming power so that we may work alongside you, laying down ourselves to help them live. We do it only because of you our good shepherd. Amen.
Will you join me in standing as you are able? Brothers and sisters in Christ, on this fourth Sunday of Easter, let us pray for the church, the earth, and all in any need, responding to each petition with the words, Abide with us in love. God of goodness and mercy, we pray for the church that pastors, bishops, and deacons be upheld in their tasks as shepherds of your flock, that congregations persevere in their ministries of nurture of the young and care for the aging. We pray for members of other world religions that there be an end to inner religious strife, that Sikhs be comforted in their sorrow, and during Ramadan, Muslims be strengthened for lives of prayer and service. O oh God, gracious keeper of many flocks, we pray. We pray for the nations of the earth, that governments cease aggressive actions against their neighbors, that peace comes to Afghanistan, Syria, and Myanmar, and that China, Russia, and the United States coexist in concord with each other. We pray for justice in our land, that our criminal justice system continue to be reformed, that ethic and economic prejudices cease their holds on our people, and that violence among our people ends so that there may be peace in the streets. O oh God, mighty judge of righteousness, we pray. We pray for those who are hungry, the unemployed, the underemployed, those living in refugee camps, are on our streets, the migrants seeking a better life that they may be fed. We pray for all who are sick or suffering, for those stricken with the coronavirus, especially in India and Brazil, for the children who have known continual sorrow, and for those we name before you now. Susan Bayman, Jesse Brock, Betty Burkhart, Shirley Gallisdorfer, Sam Green, Alberta Holden, Paul Letts, Gary Miller, Mary Lou Schofield, Roger Strong, Bill Sutton, and Ron Wagner, and those in our hearts and on our lips. O oh God, healer of every ill, we pray. Abide with us. We pray finally for ourselves that you will receive the petitions of our hearts. O oh God, Tender shepherd of each of us, we pray. Abide with us in love. In the hope of new life in Christ, we raise our prayers to you, trusting in your never-ending goodness and mercy, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. May we greet one another with the sign of Christ's peace.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right to give you our thanks and praise, O God. For with you as our shepherd, we need nothing more. At the dawn of time, you spread creation out like a banquet and in love brought forth all life on the earth. Through your prophets, you promised a good shepherd who though rejected would become the cornerstone of salvation for every creature under heaven. Your promise has been fulfilled in your son, Jesus of Nazareth, who showed us the fullness of love that lays down even its own life for others. He was crucified, but you raised him from the dead, and through his love we have the boldness to approach you. Because he abides in us, and in all who listen to his voice, our cup overflows with goodness and love, and our feet find safe paths leading to your home where we will live forever. Therefore, with our hearts lifted high, we offer you our thanks and praise at all times with the church on earth and the church in heaven, and we join their unending hymn. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for them to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sins, do this in remembrance of me. Lord, remember us in your kingdom 
and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, The risen Christ invites us to his table. Come, eat and be satisfied. For those of you who are communing at home, I invite you to share your bread and cup with all who are gathered in your presence or by yourself if you are alone. Please eat and drink by sharing these words. This is the body of Christ given for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. If you do not wish to commune, please hear this blessing. God loves you very much, and you are God's son, God's daughter. Come, Christ invites you to his feast.
May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Thank the Lord and sing his praise. Tell everyone what he has done. Thank the Lord and sing his praise. Hallelujah. Spring of joy, through this meal you have put gladness in our hearts. Satisfy the hunger still around us and send us as joyful witnesses that your love may bring joy to the hearts of all people through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Again, we welcome you to worship either here in this place or at home on through our live stream broadcast. It is good that we can worship not only here, but perhaps around the world. Who knows how far our uh, broadcast stretches. But we are delighted that we can share the love of Christ here in this place and other places as well. We continue to work on our community outreach to Murrayville School, and you will find in your uh, bulletin a listing of the uh, food items that we are collecting specifically for their backpack program. Uh, you may bring those here, and we'll forward them to Murrayville and make sure the, the kids and their families have those meals to eat throughout the weekend. And also the ongoing ministries that we have with Mother Hubbard's Cupboard and, and other places, you are very generous in the way you support these ministries and we thank you for all of that. And we thank you especially for the support of African children today. We had 20, uh, 20 students, 20 children sponsored uh, by you members of this congregation uh, to help these children in Africa, in Uganda, to have clothing, to have health care, to have food, and to have a school to go to. It is truly a joy that we can share that together. I will say in our household, we got our first letter from Immaculate, the little girl that we are sponsoring, same age as, as our grandchildren. And I can't wait for them to start being pen pals with each other. Now, Immaculate's too young to write, so it was a, her letter was translated, but boy, she drew some great pictures to describe where she lives, and it was truly heartwarming to see those come to us, and I pray that you will feel that same warmth when you start hearing from the children that you sponsored. Now, I'd like to invite you to stand, uh, excuse me, there's one other uh, thing I'd like to mention that uh, uh, Doretta Sigmund, who was a former member of ours, moved to Hickory to be with her family. Um, she passed away this past week after a long bout with illness, so we ask that you keep Doretta and her family in your prayers in the days ahead. Thank you. Please stand as you are able and hear this assurance of grace. 
God has always loved you. God loves you now and God will love you forever. This is the good news. The good news that tells us of the power of sacrificial love. The power that gives us the power to go out and love others. And we only can do that because we know that God will continue to bless us and keep us. That God's love will continue to pour out upon us with grace and mercy. That God will look upon us with favor and will give us peace. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Christ, Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Go in peace. Share the good news. Hallelujah. <laughs>